for you now from the Gospel according to Luke, in the 11th chapter. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Maybe it's having three funerals and a wedding and a weekend. But I've been praying a little bit more lately. I've needed to. It wasn't long ago that I felt like I was doing a whole lot of talking about God. And not nearly enough talking with God. In the past, when I noticed this happening, I've had a tendency to try to get very serious about my prayer life. Establish a time, establish a place, go to that place at that time, shut my eyes real tight. This time, for some reason, when I recognized that this was happening, that I wasn't praying nearly enough. Instead of getting serious... I got casual. I started chatting with God, noticing things, commenting. A psychologist might say that it's just talking to yourself, but it doesn't feel like that. These chats I've been having with God have been more like texts than long, handwritten letters. A quick thought, a request question, an observation. It's not that different than how I communicate with my parents between phone calls and letters. Sure, they might prefer more phone calls, a long handwritten letter detailing whatever's going on in my life. They'd rather have that, I know, but those are hard to come by. So in between the phone calls and the letters, there could either be quick texts or silence. Those are the options. That there has not been silence will help my time with my parents go better this week when we're together. We won't have to start from scratch. Who knows what we'll talk about, but we've talked enough lately that we won't have to spend a whole lot of time catching up on where things are. We might talk politics. That should be fun. They'll ask about things at the church. Boating, fishing, cycling, golf, my grandmother. All kinds of things will come up this week, I know. If I had to put a number to it, I'd guess 85% of what we talk about this week will be light and insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Just life. What will we eat? Which games will we play? Did you put on sunscreen? 
Whatever portion is left will possibly be very significant. We'll see. If you read the transcripts of your conversations with the people you love, what percentage do you think would be deep and meaningful heart-to-hearts? What percentage will be chats? Or whatever is necessary to get through the day? Those chats aren't the conversations that you will deem worthy to tell the pastor as he's preparing your loved one's eulogy. You won't remember all the details of those everyday conversations. But they are the building blocks that are necessary for you to have those rare and poignant discussions that are necessary in life. Maybe they're not as rare in your life as they are in mine. Some families have more tolerance for that sort of thing than others. But for many of us, it wouldn't feel natural or pleasant to have every conversation plumb the depths of your soul. Throughout Luke's Gospel, Jesus takes time away to pray. And while Luke reports that one of those conversations with God was so intense that Jesus sweated drops of blood, my sense is that Jesus prayed more often than just when the going got tough. He emerged from the waters of baptism and prayed. After healing people, he prayed. When he was about to call the disciples, he spent the night before in prayer. The disciples watched Jesus live a life grounded in prayer. Were all his conversations with the Father intense, dramatic, substantial, plumbing the depths of his soul? Maybe. Something tells me he didn't wait for those moments in his life to be with the Father. Just as we don't wait for those moments in our lives to be with the people we love. The the disciples watched Jesus pray and they asked him to teach them how. I get that. Prayer is a discipline. Methods can be helpful. Sometimes it's uncomfortable for us. Sometimes we're not real certain on how to do it. It doesn't come naturally to everybody. Even so, when they asked Jesus to teach them how, he did not bring out a flip chart. Step one, when you pray, say, Our Father. The disciples wrote that down. Step one, say, Our Father. Jesus said, you know, you could say loving parent, right? Loving parent is an option. And you could say, Lord, or Jehovah, Yahweh, God. Jesus, what was the third option? Jesus did not say, say step one is our Father. What he said was, when you pray, say, Father. As in, when you pray, it's as though you are talking with a God who is a loving parent. 
hearing relatable, interesting parents. When you pray, he said. It wasn't if you ever get around to praying. Or once you are so spiritual that you are now in the place that you are able to pray. Jesus expected his disciples to pray. Just as we expect to be in conversations with the people who matter to us. Lord, teach us to pray. There's value in being taught. Many of us could learn better skills for communicating with our loved ones. It's not always easy. Sometimes we're selfish in our conversations with those we love. Sometimes we give a reaction that might have been appropriate two years ago when we were in the middle of that argument, but somehow doesn't seem to apply two years later. And yet, there's value to being taught. And the starting place is recognizing with whom we're talking. I think beginning his prayer, Father, is Jesus' way of saying, you already know something about how to pray. No one has to tell a child what to say when the child knows what the child wants. But we do need to be, teach our children a better way to ask. What's the magic word, we say, helping that child move from demand to request? Children quickly learn how to communicate, especially with parents. I think Jesus is saying that's the foundation of prayer. Recognize who it is you're addressing, a loving parent who is interested in you and what's best for you but who also has other children and is interested in what's best for them, too. It's basic. But we get confused. We hear other people's prayers. We read prayers. We're impressed by the prayers of others. And we get a bit self-conscious about ours. Maybe I need to be more poetic in my prayer life. Maybe God only hears a sonorous voice with polysyllabic words and pregnant pauses. Listen. Carefully crafted prayers have their place in this world. They're good for corporate worship. But it's not meant to be the prayer you pray throughout the day. They have their place. Prayer books have their place. They're useful tools. But Jesus' model, his answer, when the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus' answer was 38 words. The first of which was, Father, when you pray, say, Father, I don't know what all my father and I will discuss this week, but it will be much more thanks for the meal. It was good. And the water was beautiful today.
and I think my ball's in the sand trap, then it will be, Dad, this is my crisis right now. Or, dear Father, the one who gave me my name and taught me how to body surf, good and wise man, allow me to enumerate the needs of our family. We'll talk. And we'll see what comes up. And the more we do so, light and inconsequential though it may seem, the more we'll have the building blocks necessary for when the heavy and the significant arise. As I think about it, I'm honored that my children share with me the things in life that make them sad or that they wish were different about the world. But it would be very disappointing if they were otherwise silent. If those were the only occasions that they took the time to talk to me. Friday night, having just returned from Asbury Hills camp, I asked for the report. It included silly cheers, some bubblegum song, an extra long creek hiking adventure. Which of their friends was the youngest to climb up the tree and ring the bell? Way to go, Henry. That was great. I didn't have any thought of telling them, don't come to me until you have something important to say. Let's get serious. Tell me the best. Tell me the worst. Tell me which friends need caring for right now. Otherwise, be silent. I wanted to hear what they were excited about. Something tells me our Father in Heaven wants to hear what we're excited about. Yes, we need to be taught that prayers aren't just self-centered ramblings. In his model, Jesus honors God, recognizes that God's kingdom coming is better than our kingdoms remaining, asks for what we need the most each day, food, forgiveness, help in the times of trial. Without being taught, we might remain infantile, in our demands and our conceit. But the first lesson to me was where his prayer began. Father, when you pray, Jesus said, say, Father. And if it's anything like the ways I hear Daddy throughout the day, That's an address you can make any time of the day in whatever situation you find yourself. You can ask for help, advice, attention, someone to listen to your story, someone to share with something you've noticed, ask for something to be done for you, tell why you're crying, tell why you're laughing, Just be together. When you pray, it's like being with the best father all day 